0: sure we'll get some more people on as we roll along here merrily we roll along all those songs uh, again remember you're on the mark sports talk with your host mark with a c of course and you'll never forget that right roger the rest of your lives okay <laughs> uh, i welcome you to our 58th our 58th show and what do you always say michael to that Hala, there you go. I remember that. You <laughs> always say that, right? So, our, our very special guest, Alan Friedman, uh will be joining us in about 15 minutes or so, and um, we're, looking, we're looking forward to that. And let's we might as well do our usual stuffs until he uh, does appear. And once he, once he appears, we'll, we'll turn the mic right to him and we'll roll with him. Uh, Fred, you wanted to say something about your son, which I omitted last week. You want to bring this up? Yeah.
1: My son offered if, if need be to to be a guest on, on the show, he's a um, sports writer. He's a member of the baseball writers association of America. He's got another two years before he can vote for the hall of fame. He got to be in there 10 years. And he's a, he's a he's a writer for Associated Press and another um wire service field level media he's he's based in New York he covers just about just about all the sports teams one extent to the other his 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 beats right now are Yankees and mostly Yankees and Nets right now and he's you know he, he said he would come on and talk a little bit if you want to talk about a little insiders with the Yankees and Mets and He's, he does some some met uh, Yan- Yankees and Nets, rather does also some met games he's been doing this since since he got out of college when he worked for a nationals sports service called sports ticker which was owned by ESPN and he's, he's very knowledgeable about sports and he does other stuff too he, he also is does for a lot of games at Madison Square Garden the visiting uh, TV games and not this year because they Visiting teams didn't travel. He does the stat guys, stat games for the visiting TV guys. He gets to sit sit right right next to where Walt Frazier is, and he, he's done that for a lot of years. So he's done a lot of stuff in sports. And he said he'd be willing to come on if I can, you know, reach a agreeable date for his schedule along with Mark's. So maybe we'll, we'll talk and we'll have him on at, at some time in the future. Yes. All right,
0: that, I, that would be fine. We'll work it out, work a date out, and uh...
1: yeah. I'll speak to you off the. Air.
0: Absolutely, it should be very interesting. Okay, some people are coming on as we talk, but that's great, the more the merrier. Um, so 58, who we have for number 58? I know Sharon's doing some research. Take one person, let's go around the board, pick one person, your favorite person. Uh, I'll call, all right, how about Stu?
2: John John Papelbottom. Okay, that's the
0: only
2: one I can find.
0: Okay. Uh, and Steve Rochester, who just came on. How, what do you got? You Jack a-
3: Lambert, Jack Lambert.
0: Jack Lambert, that's right. I have him on my list too. Who else? A lot of hands went up and you went right down. <laughs> that Mark. Another one. Jack Lambert also. Right, you got more, you wanna come back to you again since I don't see anything. Who else you got there, Uh Steven, no hey, am I like blind? You don't see school, me? We're muted. And then you go. Go ahead, Stephen. Call banks. Call banks. I don't have call banks, but I believe that's, that's correct. You. That's, that's correct. correct. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Sharon. You're muted, Sharon. Who do you got?
4: Speedy. Who?
0: Who? You're, you're muted. So every time you talk, we don't hear a word. Just you say. <laughs> you're still muted. You want to keep. Sharon. My son had the vacuum on, so you couldn't hear me. All right, again, say, say it again quickly. Speedy. Who's Speedy? Uh, Max Speedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Football yeah. player. All right. right. Player. Cleveland Browns. All right. I had uh, Henry, uh, Henry uh, Mejia as a Met was 58. Josh Smoker as a Met was 58. Uh, anybody else? Larry Rothschild as a pitching coach was 58 and uh oh, Dave Island was a 58 you know very obscure people <laughs> unless we uh, Jack Lambert and uh, everyone knows Jonathan babble okay was not obscure okay so oh Dooley Womack was a 58 what about Derek Thompson right what about Poole? Derek Thomas Derek Vinton Thomas he's known as DT. He was okay, on football.
3: Easy. Okay. <laughs> Linebacker on Kansas City,
0: I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Very was good. Anyone who, was anyone who was killed in a automobile accident? Uh, hmm. If he's not listening to this show, maybe he is. <laughs> okay, um, let's move along. Uh, again, our guests will be here about 10 minutes or so. Uh, a couple of beep beeps for you. Anyone got a beep beep that you did some research? No, no one has a beep beep? I have Cody Saul, S-O-L. He's a defenseman in hockey for the East Coast Hockey League. And how about the, you know, the 76er player who did pretty good the other day? Shake. Right? Milton Benjamin Shake Milton. Shake. Not funny? Yes, Not Take funny care, to buddy. you? Okay. Very good. And then there was uh, Jimmy Sherfey. Does that sound funny? I thought it sounded like Shutterfly to me. That's why I thought it was Okay, let's move on. Um, I see new people coming on as they come on. Guess we'll be here in about 10 minutes or so.
5: Okay.
0: So uh, let's let's go to baseball. I wanna go as far as we can and then we'll pick it up after uh, Alan is done. Let's talk Mets. Last week they were 27 and 21. Hello. And And today they're 30 and 24. So what does that mean? The math, they went three and three. 500. Three and three, <laughs> still in first place, which tells you how the rest of the division is doing. I think they're there beating up on each other. That's why nobody is uh, uh, gaining on them. Uh, DeGrom, what can you say about the greatest pitcher in baseball right now? Unbelievable. Zero. What
2: should we say? 0.
0: Should we 0. say? 0.062, lowest <laughs> after nine starts ever. Since they started recording the ERA, so
5: all we can say is score some runs for him. Score yeah.
0: some runs for him, and uh, we hope this continues. <laughs> but isn't he have accusations of cheating? Isn't that the news? And anyone no. who does well, they act. They, <laughs> you know what I mean, anyone who does well, they are suspicions.
6: Well, remember, he's throwing over hundred miles an hour consistently. You mm-hmm. can't cheat on that, right?
3: Bank. Well jealousy, that's all it is. I'm jealous.
5: Yeah. <laughs> are you get out I wish
4: there? Uh, I'm a ball was, uh, in your uh, hand. nobody can accuse the Cubs pitching staff of cheating. <laughs> 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 but,
5: they're <winning>. uh, <laughs> but they're winning. Yeah, they're yeah first place, Ron.
0: they yeah, as of uh consider considering how the Mets are doing, um as of last Saturday, they had used forty-seven different players so far in 45 games <laughs> last year they used 47 players in 60 games 56 is is their all-time record in 2018 so i do see if you can hear us we see a special guest mm-hmm. uh, has uh, entered the zoom alan can you hear us
6: I can hear you. Can you hear me, Mark?
0: We do hear you, and we'd like to introduce you right away. Are you ready to go?
6: I'm rocking and rolling. I'm ready.
0: Rock and roll. <laughs> so I want to introduce our very special guest, Alan Friedman, from the Jewish Sports Heritage Association. Um, He's a found, he was the founder and director of this Jewish Sports Heritage Association. Prior to that, he was founder and director of the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. I'll let him do all the talking. I want to welcome Alan Friedman to On The Mark Sports Talk. Welcome, the mic is yours.
6: Thank you, Mark. That's an awful lot of hats, by the way.
0: <laughs> Everyone says that.
6: Oh, okay. Um, in, in your first email, you wrote that I know, or I'm gonna talk about all the Jews in sports, past and present. So if I'm gonna do that, we're gonna be here for a couple of days, but I'll cut it short, I'll I'll, uh, I'll do the highlights. I figure uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, I wanted to talk a little bit about why we started the organization.
0: Someone's talking in the background, please. Wanna mute yourself? I want everybody to mute themselves.
4: I
5: want everyone
0: to mute themselves, it'll be a lot easier.
4: I don't know why it's so long?
6: Yeah, everyone I this up know. all the way. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, thanks. Um, talk a little bit about why we started the organizations and give a little background so everybody is sort of on the same page. About, I would say almost 30 years ago, one of the board members at the Suffolk Y where I was working at the time wanted to do something about educating the public in particular Jewish youth on the role that uh, Jewish men and women have played in the world of sports. And of course you go back to the movie Airplane and the passenger asked for light reading material and it's the smallest pamphlet you ever saw, Jewish sports legends. Um, We decided that we would start a hall of fame with the idea being that, yeah, we'd have an induction ceremony and there'd be athletes. And when I say athletes, I'm talking predominantly athletes, but of course, coaches, executives, and broadcasters, and others who've made their mark in the world of sports. And the big point of what we were trying to do, though, would be an educational program. Um, This would kind of tie into my background um, as an educator and having a big interest in sports. Um, I asked around, this was the days before the internet, and I was told that there was going to be a New York Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. So we decided we would be the Long Island Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Remember, this is the late 80s. And I called up the guy who was going to be my counterpart in New York. And I told him, listen, I'm a phys ed guy. You know, I'm a little slow on the uptake, so to speak. But if I look at the map of Long Island, Brooklyn and Queens are attached. So we should be able to include those athletes. He didn't like it. And we got off to a rocky start. But our first induction in 93 was Long Island. And then between 93 and 94, we became the New York Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, Some of the board members at the Y thought we ran out of Jewish athletes already. And I was like, no, that wasn't the case. And then a couple of years later, we became the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. And the funny thing about that was the director of the International Jewish Sports Hall of Fame in Israel the one who started it all and the sort of granddaddy of all these uh, pocket Jewish sports halls, called up my executive director at the time and said, um, are you guys going to go international? And the two of us had a laugh. And we said, Nope, we are focusing on the United States. Uh, in 2013, the suffolk did some reshuffling of staff. My position was no more And I moved on now. I'm the executive director at Temple Israel in Lawrence, but I still wanted to continue doing the educational program on Jews and sports. And that's why I created Jewish Sports Heritage Association. Um, The idea is still we're educating the public. Uh, We go out, we talk. Maybe someday soon I'll be actually at Temple Tikva again or some other place uh, live. Well, excuse me, in person, not live, because we're live now. <laughs> this is not memorics for those of you of a certain age. So uh, that tells you a little bit about how we got to where we are. And now I just want to talk a little bit about how we look at our athletes. There are a lot of other Michigoi kind of guys like myself, Mishugana, uh, who do things about Jews in sports. This is one of the periodicals that comes out bimonthly. Jewish sports review. And I have a lot of respect for what they do and I appreciate it. And another Bible for me, you can see mine has gotten beaten up uh, day by day in Jewish sports history. Those of you that see my Facebook page, this is where I get my stuff. And depending on what goes on in the world, I add to this on a daily basis. Uh, I've talked to the editor of that, Bob Wexler, about updating, but uh, it's a lot of work. But anyway, these guys don't necessarily agree with me and when I was at the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame on the criteria. Um, when we're looking at someone, if they're a Jewish athlete and you can see my friends behind me, uh, they're a little stiff today, uh, Jay and Art, uh, and I'll talk about them later on. The athlete considers himself or herself Jewish. Jewish Sports Review will tell you, probably in every issue, they'll say, mother's Jewish, father's Jewish, both parents are Jewish. And it's actually led me when I've contacted some people, when we're talking about honoring them or recognizing them, they're like, that's great, but I'm not Jewish. I don't consider myself Jewish. Um, And there are people where it's come up, um, they've been honored in the International Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. I'll give you a very good example. Those of you my age and older will know Uh, I grew up and I was very excited. I I used to watch the Beverly Hillbillies and I was so proud. I would say, look, Jewish boxer, his son, Max Baer is Jethro. Mm -hmm. And as I got involved with Jews in sports, I found out that Max Baer wore the Star of David on his trunks, but he wasn't Jewish. Um, There was Jewish blood in the family. And again, depending on who you talk to, they'll say, well, luckily, that's a Jewish individual. Well, we will look at it differently. Said, "I'm sorry, but we're not going to honor that person because they don't consider themselves Jewish." The other thing, um, when we get realize the person is or isn't Jewish, is whatever they've achieved in their sport doesn't have to be a professional athlete. Our first couple of years, we were trying to get known, um, and people would look at us and said, "Who are you? What are you all about?" Yeah, we had a lot more professionals. Uh, now we're looking at athletes, coaches at the high school level, college level, people that just really made significant achievements in their sport. The third criteria, my cat's trying to break in. Uh, The third criteria that we look at in the beginning was a little more difficult for us was, we have an annual induction ceremony, typically uh, the end of April. And we would ask that the athlete attend the ceremony um, we would cover their expenses, not pay an honorarium, but pay for the airfare, the hotel, whatever it happened to be. And there would be people that would get penalized because they would tell me, like, right now, I'm already in touch with our advisory committee talking about the class of 2022. We're starting to put names together for who we're going to end up. Um, we don't have a date yet, but figure when I look at the calendar, it'll be some point after Passover. So we asked the athlete, would you be able to attend the ceremony, assuming everything is okay, there's no health issues, anything like that. Um, and we say, if you can't, for example, like Amar Levy, who at the time we were talking to him, uh, the Buffalo Bills coach was in his 80s, I believe, said, well, if I can't make it, you know, would you accept a video acceptance or have somebody there to accept him? We're like, that's fine. Then there are people that will tell us from the get go, thank you, but no thank you. We don't get into why, They tell us maybe they don't want people to know they're Jewish, but they say they would prefer we rather not induct them. Okay, then we don't. And again, I'm not mentioning names because I'm not looking to embarrass anybody. And what we found over the years is that person that was honest with us from the beginning and said, gee, I'd love to be inducted, but I I can't commit to that date. And I'm not talking about someone, for example, like Jeff Halpern, who we inducted this year, and he's still active. He's a coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning and they're in the NHL playoffs, okay? They may repeat as NHL champions again. So we can't fault him or somebody who's involved in a sport that's playing this time of year. But for a retiree, that's a little different. But as I said, after doing this for yes, 25 years, um, we've gotten a little bit more flexible. We had a lot of absentee inductees this year. The one thing that we do, or I should say, we don't do at the induction is if they're not there, and they haven't provided us with a video acceptance, there's nothing, we'll just say so-and-so has been honored, but they can't be with us today. Um, And then the other people that we honor, uh, for those who haven't seen our induction ceremonies, we have high school and college athletes and we have our good guy award. And I would say almost to a person, all of those people do attend, um, which tells me a lot in terms of what it means for the younger people, whatever. Um, but that gives you, in the nutshell, what we're looking for, um, who we're looking to honor. I will say that over the years, we've expanded a little bit. So I, I would say that we are looking at athletes from um, across the Americas. We inducted someone our first year uh, from Canada. And if we see somebody from Central or South America, you know, we would consider them, which are, we're still Letting the International Jewish Sports Hall of Fame focus in on athletes worldwide. Um, one of the things that we did about uh, 15 years ago, we found that, you know, I'm sure you guys are all sitting on the edge of your seats listening to me. And when I go talk to a religious school or a men's club or a sisterhood, everybody is thrilled with my wonderful talks. But we made a film. Um, A short film, 35 minutes in length, where pretty much we had hired a film crew, and we ran around New York City and the suburbs two days, and we interviewed as many Jewish athletes and coaches as we could get, and then about five years ago, we updated the film, and in the film, if you haven't seen it, uh, one of the people we have a short clip from is Larry Brown, or as I like to refer him, the wandering Jew, If we were to update the film based on Larry Brown changing coaching jobs, uh, that's all I would ever be doing is updating that film. But anyway, um, typically when I go talk, or we talk because Barry Landers, who was our uh, advisor, chairman of the advisory committee, and the person who is the speaker in the film, um, when we talk, uh, we set up the film, we show it, and then we ask questions afterwards. Um, But some of the people in there, Uh, are very well known others aren't as well known i'm going to touch briefly on some of the what i'll call the historical figures and then bring it up to speed and those of you in the know will recognize a lot of the names today because they're in the news right now but of course um, what we're looking at in the film which is the history of sports jewish sports in america from the turn of the 20th century to today is of course Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax are in there. We have a Koufax interview. But when I go and talk to uh, schools and kids today, a lot of them won't even know who Koufax is. Um, And I tell them, well, there may be something that you see, Uh, Clayton Kershaw did something, or Max Fried, those of you may not recognize that name, Max is is an all-star pitcher for the Braves, a nice Jewish boy from California, um, did very well last year. I believe he's back off the disabled list right now. Um, but they'll bring up the name Koufax because somebody is about to break his record or something like that. And I say, well, how many of you know the story of Hank Greenberg? And I'll, I'll look at the faces and most of the kids will be like, they have no idea who I'm talking about. And I explain that you know, back in the 30s and 40s, baseball was by far the sport Nowadays, it shares the time on Sports Center and whatnot with other sports. But Hank Greenberg was this bigger than life baseball player. And he was a big guy, six foot four, 200 something pounds, which is big by today's standards, let alone back then. And what it meant for this Jewish star in those days, in particular, um, and his not playing on Yom Kippur, everybody, taught, and I'm not knocking what Sandy Koufax did or didn't do by not pitching on Yom Kippur, but I talk about Greenberg. Um, I mentioned Sid Luckman, one of the nice things, um, I subscribed, I don't even know when I get it anymore. I think it's a monthly magazine, Sports Illustrated, but late 20th century, they were doing various things. And one of the articles was the top five quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. And there was Sid Luckman. And when I talk to people, most of them have no idea who I'm talking about. And I say, you've got two Jewish quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame who changed the game, Benny Friedman and Sid Luckman. It went from a running game to a passing game. And Sid Luckman was considered by George Hallis almost another son in terms of the way he acted towards him and treated him and the way he you know, utilized the T formation and brought the Chicago Bears to such prominence, not that they weren't a very good team, but he took them to another level. Uh, For those who might be interested, by the way, again, he's in the news. There was a book, I believe it was a bestseller this past year about Sid Luckman, his father, I want to make sure it's clear, his father's ties to organized crime, not Sid Luckman. I don't want anybody saying that Friedman guy said Sid Luckman had, no, 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 no. I'm friendly with, with Sid's son, Bob. I don't wanna get on the outs with him. Um, Dolph Shays in basketball, one of the all-time greats was voted in the top 50 in the first 50 years of the NBA. And um, I love it. If you see the film, it's Dolph with his two-hand set shot. Um, I grew up, my dad did not know sports. My mom actually did. And my mom played basketball and watching the film, I'm, you know that's how she taught me how to shoot. <laughs> Didn't work too well at the y, so I had to go away from the two set shot back in the 60s. Um, of course, Mark Spitz and his accomplishments at the 72 Olympics. Um, Henry Wittenberg, when we first started, um, I was telling my father-in-law who was like my dad, didn't knew nothing about organized sports. I guess you know about disorganized, but in terms of uh, professional sports, he always used to like to say, if I had served in World War II, he was a little younger. Um, they would have shot me as a spy if somebody said, you know, who played second base for the Yankees. He barely knew who the Yankees were, let alone who played for them. So the first year, our inductions, I say, we're honoring Marv Albert. No idea who that is. Red Holtzman. Nope. Shep Messing. Uh, all right. So then I finally throw out a name. I say, Henry Wittenberg. My father in law turns to me and he says, oh, the Olympic wrestler. And I'm like, how would you know Henry Wittenberg? And he goes, because he wrestled at Brooklyn College. His coach was friends with Henry. He brought him over and he was pinned by Henry Wittenberg. Uh, And here's a man who at one point in his career won over 400 matches without a loss, won the silver medal at the Olympics, excuse me, a gold medal at the Olympics, the following Olympics in 52 won the silver. Um, We recently as part like what you folks are doing at Temple Tick for what Mark is doing in terms of the various programs we're offering at Temple Israel, we were showing some sports movies on different nights and we showed um, the film Glickman that was on HBO about Marty Glickman. And when I talk to people about him, they may know um, Marty as a broadcaster in New York, but they'll say, um, you know, not only was Marty a great broadcaster and all the sports that he broadcast professionally, collegiately, He did one of my high school games when I was in high school, uh, football games. One of the things I tell people is he taught the craft, whether it be a Bob Costas or a Len Berman, or he helped Bill Walton with his um, stutter. But what people don't necessarily know about him, I tell him as an 18-year-old, he was one of the four fastest men in the world. And particularly when I'm talking to kids, I say, imagine... That you qualified for something in this case this man was on his own ability was one of the four people that was going to run in a relay race this given day and that day he's feeling fine as his teammate Stan Stoller who's also Jewish and the coaches say you're not running no reason given to them he says you're not running and in your place we're picking two other runners one of them being the great Jesse Owens And Jesse Owens had tremendous backbone on this day and he told the coach hey I've got my medals let Marty and Sam run and the coach said these are not my words you'll do as you're told boy and Sam and Marty never got the chance to run in the Olympics again this was 1936 because of World War II and Marty was also a great football player but he as I said was one of the four fastest people in the world and this is a great film I believe it's about an hour and a half. And and if you watch it, um, there's a part in there with one of our committee members, when I was at the Y, thought it would be a great idea. This was approximately 60 years after the Olympics. He was going to try and get the Olympic Committee, the US Olympic Committee to give Marty a gold medal. And he reached out to Marjorie Glickman, Marty's wife, and brought up the idea. And she said, thank you for thinking of Marty like that, but he won't accept the medal and my particular uh, committee member, Howard Cohn, didn't give up and he talked to William Hibble who was the president of the Olympic Committee and they came up with the Douglas MacArthur Service Award. MacArthur, again, a little bit of history I learned, you guys may be learning now, was the first US Olympic Committee president. So the award was to be presented to Marty and posthumously to Sam Stoller. Marty was very grateful to accept it and um, Hibble, who had been a prosecutor in the state of Colorado where the US Olympic Committee is headquartered, said based on everything he was looking at from what he read and the information he had, Marty and Sam weren't allowed to run because of anti-Semitism. And uh, if you're interested in that, as I said, the movie, and there's a very good chapter in the book by uh, Peter Levine from um, Ellis Island to Field where Marty Glickman, this all came about because Marty went back to the Olympic Stadium as a guest of Wellington Mara and the Giants for a preseason game being held there. And he talks and he tells of his feelings entering that stadium for the first time. And Marty was a very well-spoken man who spoke, you know, not cursing or whatever, but walking into that stadium Berlin, he was beyond angry and the curses were coming out of his mouth. And that led us to meet the German version of Marty, a woman who competed under the name of Gretel Bergman, uh, who had equaled the German high jumping record. And what happened was when the US team set sail for Germany, again, you're talking 1936, so they weren't flying, they took a boat and going back before the games, there was talked that the US may boycott the games and there were some Jewish athletes who didn't participate but the team went over and Margaret, excuse me, At that time she was Gretel, gets a letter from the German Olympic Committee saying, you're not on the team anymore. And there was an hour film on HBO called Hitler's Pawn that tells the story very well. Margaret's story as with Marty's had a happier ending. Margaret came to the United States. She brought her husband Bruno over for many, many years. He was an internist in Queens. Both Margaret and Bruno lived to be over a hundred years old. Amazing people. Um, Margaret won some national championships here, high jump shot put, uh, didn't compete in the Olympics. And um, later on, she and Bruno, much later on again, around that time, 96, she gets invited to the Atlanta Olympics as guests of the German Olympic Committee. And as Margaret said, these people had nothing to do with what happened to her. Margaret, I don't think lost family in the Holocaust, Bruno lost quite a lot of his family. And she said, these people weren't there. I can give them a chance. That was actually front page story on the Times by Ira Burkow. And then she gets invited back to Germany. Uh, Her hometown, Lopheim, invites her, names the stadium after her. Um, I know there's a stadium in one of the schools in in, uh, Queens named after her. And when people ask me sometimes, who's my favorite athlete? I always tell them Margaret, a quick story about her, because later on, she became known by her married name, and she went also by Margaret and became Margaret Lambert. And if I ever said Gretel in front of her, she's only gone a couple of years, um, she would give me a dirty look. And um, one of the times she invited me over to her house for lunch, Uh, we're talking, and I asked her two questions. I said, how do you Tell me I'm married at that time, 30 years or whatever. Like, Look at me. At that time, she was married, I think, 65 years. And I asked her what was her secret for longevity and a happy marriage. And she thought about it. And she goes, it's really very simple. Uh, Bruno is a Met fan, and I make him watch TV upstairs. Okay, that worked for me. And then I'm looking at what they're eating. And they tell me they do this on a regular basis. And they tell me all their lunches include liverwurst. And I said, really, you have liverwurst on almost on a daily basis? And she says, yeah, we really love it. And I said, well, if that's your secret, that time they're in their nineties, I'm like, I ain't making it because there's no way you're gonna get me to eat that stuff. Um, I don't want you to think by any stretch of the imagination that you know we're only focusing in historically, but we can't get to where we are today without looking at um, what has occurred in the past. And the motto for most of these hall of fa- halls excuse me, of fame was the deeds of the past shall inspire the achievements of the future. Well, I think I was even having this conversation with Mark last week. Uh, you pick up, excuse me, I'm, I'm dating myself. You pick up the paper. I don't even pick up a paper anymore. I read the Times and Newsday online. Um, but if you looked in the sports last week, John Shire's name came up a lot. Well, Coach K from Duke is stepping down. And I know there were people posting. There was like, who knew John Shire was Jewish? Well, I knew John Shire was Jewish because when I was with the Hall of Fame, we made him our high school athlete of the year. He came from a, um, a school in Illinois, which was a very interesting story in and of itself. And you can Google it. I think it was Northbrook. Or he's from Northbrook and it was Glenbrook High or vice versa. It's been a long day, guys. You got to bear with me. Uh, The entire starting five that won the state title and the coach were all Jewish and John was the star of that team and he went on to Duke and his senior year at Duke 2010 they won the NCAA championship and he was our college athlete of the year. So we knew nice Jewish boy Um, and we were thrilled to see we weren't happy to see he had a terrible eye injury that caused him to give up his uh, professional basketball career but he went and he was coaching on the uh, staff of Coach K. And of course, now he's going to be taking over down there. Kevin Pilar has been in the news, not for a good reason. Those of you who didn't know, that Met that got hit right in the nose, and thank God he's okay. But that was an unbelievably scary moment. Kevin Pilar uh, is currently a Met, but for many years, he was a, a great defensive player, uh, but in Toronto, a uh, very good ball player. Danny Abdija, who was playing with the Wizards, Hard to believe there is only one Jewish player in the NBA. Again, there's another film when um, basketball first started, the BAA becoming the NBA, the Basketball Association of America in 46. And the film is called The First Basket. The first basket was one Nick to another, Ozzie Sheckman uh, to Sonny Hertzberg, could have been the other way around again, I forget. But um, you had, what was it? Six of the Knicks were Jewish. And Marty wasn't allowed to be the broadcaster because, as I said, it wasn't going to play very well in Sheboygan, which was one of the uh, BAA franchises. But it looks at the domination of Jews in basketball. And as I said, you only have one guy currently in the NBA. There are Jews playing in Europe. There are Jews playing in Israel, but only Denny (coughs) Abdizia. Julian Edelman, who played for that uh, team in New England, I don't even want to mention their name. Um, I am not a giant or a jet fan. I don't have anything against them or with them, but uh, my grandmother <laughs> lived in Miami beach, uh, the land of our people. And at the time I was a teenager, those were the days of Zonka kick Paul Warfield. And I just loved the way Larry Zonka played football. Uh, he played football the way I played soccer. You just go through people. Don't bother going around. Just go straight. My coach and I didn't agree, but anyway, uh, Julian Edelman, I know they say he's small at 5'10", but look what he did. And that was the first and so far only M- Jewish MVP of, of the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, an unbelievable player. And I give him all his due as I do Tom Brady and of course, Robert Kraft in the organization. I think what they've done is, is pretty unbelievable and pretty amazing in this day and age. I am not a golfer, uh, but those who follow golf may not have known this. Uh, The Memorial, Jack Nicholas's tournament that ended last weekend. Max Homa finished in fifth place. Nice Jewish boy, made $313,000 before taxes for his, uh, you know, four days of work. Not bad if you can get get it and do it. Um, Alex Bregman with the Astros. Um, Jeff Halpern, as I mentioned earlier, now coaching for Tampa Bay. Very interesting. You know, he uh, played for a number of teams in the NHL and was quite a good player when he was down at Princeton. One of the things that I have seen in all the years that I've been doing this, and Jay Fiedler, um, I, I, you know, I think I could say friend because I've actually known Jay since he was a teenager. Uh, we were the first team in the New York area, first JCC in the New York area to get involved in the JC Maccabi Youth Games. Jay played basketball for us. This is 1988. The games were held in Chicago and it was only the third time they had held the games. At those times, those years, the games were every other year. Now, I'm not talking about because of COVID. Now these youth games are held annually in different places. We held them. Um, I was involved with that in 1995 on Long Island. But anyway, Jay was on our basketball team and he was the best player on that team. Jay's best sport was track and field. I think he still actually holds records uh, for the pentathlon on Long Island. His second best sport, he'll tell you, was football. His third best sport was basketball. And I won't get into it now, I won't bore you, but we were losing in the bronze medal game to Israel. And this was the Israel national junior team. Our center fouled out, Jay, I believe is about 6'2". And he didn't say anything, 16 year old kid. To this day, I will not forget this. He lifted the team on his shoulders. I never saw a teen, I did not see a LeBron or Michael Jordan as a high schooler by Jay Fiedler. And he single handedly not only brought us back in contention for this game we were losing at halftime, but we won the game, we won the bronze medal and it's not faulting any of the other team or the coach because the coach is one of my good friends and he's an inductee of the jewish sports heritage association but jay fiedler showed me that day some unbelievable stuff and my point of all of this was jay went on to graduate with honors in engineering uh, from dartmouth and most of the college and high school athletes we look at aren't necessarily going to be a john shire or a jay Fiedler and make their living in professional sports or a top college program as John is gonna do, but they still do exceptionally well in the classroom and they truly are student scholar athletes. And that's what I am so thrilled to see when we talk to people about this. I said, if you can make it as a a professional athlete, that's wonderful. But when you look at somebody like an Esty Ackerman this year who we honored as our high school athlete, and now she's at Stern College Yeshiva uh, with regards to, she's a table tennis player maybe there is a line there's a way to make a a living as a table tennis player i hope so but i don't necessarily think there is or somebody who's a great fencer and i'm not talking about guys who are you know dealing in stolen goods i'm talking about the people with the swords and there's quite a lot of jews if you look at uh fencers over the years and even today who are doing very well in that sport um for those who are football fans well, you almost had two guys playing this past year uh, who were Jewish. One was injured, but he was on the Chiefs the year before when they won. And that's Mitchell Schwartz. And right now uh, he's about, I think he just turned 32 and he's getting over some back injuries or a serious back injury, but he won a Super Bowl. And Ali Marpet, who not only came from Division Three Hobart, but is the guy who's watching Tom Brady's blind side to become an all-pro offensive lineman. Um, I don't know those of you that follow college basketball, but the Yeshiva University basketball team, I don't care what division you're in, these guys won, I believe it was 39 straight games. Uh, unbelievable. And again, these are student athletes. And I know they talk about, um, uh, oh, I forgot his name. I apologize. Uh, you know, being an orthodox player in the NBA, I don't know about that, but our, one of our college athletes of the year this year was Gabe Leifer, who was an unbelievable player for Yeshiva, just graduated. Um, and lastly, for those of you who follow tennis, and he had the good misfortune of playing Rafael Nadal again in the quarterfinals, uh, Diego Schwartzman was ranked number 10. Uh, and he just lost, I believe it was yesterday to Schwartzman uh, to uh, Nadal in the French Open. All of this, all I'm trying to show is you have Jewish men and women in almost every sport imaginable um, doing very well. This year being, I think, (laughs) an Olympic year, I'm I'm still not sure what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. um, But you have Jewish athletes, I know, uh, some wrestlers who are hoping to make the Olympic team, um, some fencers, we'll see. Um, so I've kind of given you the very the broad strokes. And I guess, Mark, if you if you want, uh, open it up for some questions to the audience or somebody's pointing a finger at me. I see a fist coming up oh, no. All right.
0: They're, they're programmed to raise their hands. So,
6: oh, all right. Well, you're, so you you're to, in to, charge.
0: All right. So let's go. Uh, Ron, why don't you go first? You have to unmute. Remember, every time you uh, talk, unmute yourself.
4: OK, got it. Uh, hi, Alan. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Good. You mentioned the Washington Wizards player, which is yes. a, an interesting coincidence, because I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't know if you accept uh, like recommendations for inductees from just like yeah. shows like this, but I don't know if you're aware. But the uh, uh, analyst, the radio analyst, and sometimes TV analyst for the Washington Wizards, his name is Glenn Consor. I didn't spell the last name. S O R. C-O-N-S-O-R. Consor. And and he's actually been on this show twice already. And he's a good friend of mine. We, we grew up uh, from public school, I know him. And his career includes playing for Boston University under Rick Pitino. And then playing professionally in Israel uh, for, for uh, Matt, uh, how do you, uh, the Haifa team. In Israel. And now he's the current uh, radio analyst and sometimes TV analyst for the Washington Wizards.
6: Thank you. I will definitely uh, take his name and add it to the list. And a hell I of a nice say, guy. It, I hate to say it, and you guys may know this also, is when you look at the list of Jews in basketball, that's one sport that we happen to be very well represented. Um, and my dilemma is always at one point, you know, I'm trying to say we honor some of the greats from the past and honor current people. Cause like on the current list, I looked at it and was like, how is it that we haven't inducted Harry Boykoff? For those of you that know the St. John's basketball history, you know, this is one of the greats in St. John's uh, basketball. Um, and then of course we have guys today that, um, you know behind the curtain, so to speak uh, the media, but yes, thank you for that. I wasn't uh, aware. That that.
4: Thank you, Alan. Larry, you want to
6: know? Okay. Uh, i i was just interested I, you didn't mention uh i first got to know about the hall of fame sports hall of fame when when sam rosen was inducted that was uh, some years ago uh-huh. uh, he was the announcer for the the rangers yep. and uh, absolutely wonderful absolutely. announcer so there is Actually, something in hockey there was um an interesting article one of the sites that i go to daily is the jewish sports hall of fame of northern california um, and they take Jewish sports news, they take Jewish news, but there's always sports stories in there. It was about two weeks ago. I don't even remember where the paper was. It might've been the Cleveland Jewish news. And they did a big piece on Sam Rosen. And one of the things which really thrilled me was underneath his picture. And in the article, he mentions his induction into the national Jewish sports hall of fame. That was one of the things, um, same thing with John Shire that they mentioned, um, you know five things that you don't know about John Shire and number five was he's an inductee in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. But to get to your point, yes, there are people in hockey, and I'm going to say that's my fault, because I am not a hockey fan. And one of the folks that's again on the ballot this year that I would like to see get inducted is High Buller. Going back again, when you read his history, to the people that did their thing, the Jewish athletes from a few years back. Um, we inducted Jeff Halpern this year. The only other hockey player, unless I'm missing somebody that we inducted, was Mike Hartman. Uh, he had been with the Rangers when they won the Stanley we Cup. we induct Matt oh. Schneider? Um, I thought we – hi, Steve. Um, maybe you're right. I think we did. Never mind. So that's three.
1: <laughs> Not Larry Zidell.
6: Oh, no, no. Oh, it's another good one. Yeah. So we got to catch up on hockey. My bad. Mm-hmm. Who's this kid playing for the Rangers now, right? Oh, he was our, one of our college athletes. Not only was he a top, top guy at Harvard, Adam Fox, um, he won all, all kinds of awards at Harvard, but he's the real deal. And he's a nice Jewish boy from Jericho. Long Islander. All right, Gerald. Alan, I,
3: I signed on late, but I just wanted to mention um, a baseball pitcher. He's not a Hall of Famer named Craig Brislow.
6: We honored Craig about was it three years ago?
3: Oh, you did okay. Yeah, because I just First, wanted to Craig's... mention it. I just wanted to mention at Yale he had yep. a dual major in uh, molecular biophysics yep. and biochemistry. And uh, a gentleman in my uh, temple who has a PhD in uh, electrical engineering said, "Jerry, if I wanted to flunk out of school, I would take those two majors together."
6: Um, he was at the time. Very very nice guy. He made a uh, video acceptance. He couldn't make it because he had just gotten a job. uh, I forgot where it was, in the front office with the Cubs. So his mom and dad came to accept for him. Um, Obviously, a very bright fellow. He was a very good pitcher, both in in college and and professionally. Um, My cat just jumped up, so hopefully she won't get in the way. Um, And um, the story with him was his sister had cancer when she was a child and to this day he started a foundation and he does an awful lot in new england uh, for childhood cancer very nice guy we've stayed in touch but i'm glad you brought him up um you know again real student athlete and he and he did play professionally and he won a world series um the red sox right yeah correct this year we honored kevin yuclis and that was the oh. old joke that, uh, you know, the Greek God of walks, if you read Moneyball or saw the movie, and who thought this guy was Jewish? You know, again, go on YouTube and you have uh, Kevin, I forgot his name, the comedian.
3: Talking. Dennis Leary.
6: Dennis Leary, thank you. Um, I keep. I gotta keep Steve around here, he's good for me. Good. Where, um, by the way, guys, Steve, who's talking here, had been a member, a very important member of the Hall of Fame Committee for many, many years. Um, So he knows from whence I speak, but Larry was talking about it. It was very funny. He's like, that guy is Jewish. Who knew we had a Jewish player on the red side, you know? So again, it's the thing. And Euclid is very proud of his heritage. I think we would have had him for this year, at least to accept it. And I'm sorry to say a few weeks before his father passed away suddenly. Um, He has a very interesting business right now because this is something my wife and I and our son, when he's around, we like to do. He has a craft brewery uh, in uh, California. And needless to say, the pandemic didn't help his businesses. It didn't help a lot of people. But this is what Euclid is doing. And here's a little bit of trivia. If you don't know, um, and I guess, Mark, you have to handle this in terms of my asking a question. Do you guys know who his brother-in-law is? Kevin Euclid has a pretty well-known brother-in-law in the world of sports i don't want to say much more than that he isn't jewish the brother-in-law isn't jewish you know, no anyone know? all right his brother-in-law is tom brady Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. okay so his sister um, i got i got oh, well, if you guys have questions for me i don't want to interrupt
5: so his um, sister
0: married tom brady
6: yeah i uh, no no tom uh, tom brady's sister so I have, yeah so, tom
0: brady's sister
6: yeah because Tom is married to Giselle. Giselle.
0: All right, Marty, you got one. Unmute. Un- Unmute, Marty.
5: Yeah, I forgot I was on mute. Um, I just, not a question, Alan, um, but just wanted to um, mention um, somebody in the world of Jewish sports um, that happened to have been a member of our temple. He was bar mitzvahed in our temple. He's currently pitching for the Chicago in the Cubs organization, the South Bend Cubs. And he is on Team Israel. His name is Alex Katz.
6: So Uh, I remember, I remember from when I spoke there, you mentioned him and I'm looking to see if I can find him. I have my issue of Jewish Sports Review, and this is professional baseball. And the nice thing about this is they have the minor leagues. So where is he listed? He, he uh, was I'll on your
5: it. list when you were in the temple last time. Yeah, I mean. listed. So maybe, maybe
6: he moved down a little.
5: Yeah, um, he, he was on the Ducks. He pitched for the Ducks and he had some arm injuries, but he is, you know, he's on Team Israel. So he's someone we can all watch, hopefully in the Olympics this year. Yes, he's a lefty relief pitcher. Thank
6: you. Um, one of our high school athletes this year, was a young fellow of those of you who are Mets fans, are Mets fans. The Mets actually picked him number one, uh, Josh Wolf. And then he quickly got traded um, and I forgot where he is. So Steve, maybe you know, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's in the minors. Um, but I mean, this was a kid who was throwing 100 miles an hour in, in high school in Texas. And, pre- and he's, he, wa- he looks like he weighs about 50 pounds, but hopefully they'll they'll put some muscle on him. I mean, if you look at Max Fried, again, he's like 6'4". I don't even know if he weighs 170, 180, um, but he's, he's quite the pitcher for the Braves. So as I said, if you, if you want to see a little bit more um, Jewish sports review, I'm not sure. I know they used to show their current issues online, so you didn't have to buy it, but it happens to be a very interesting, very well done periodical, and, and they have all kinds of things in terms of the sports and the histories. Um, I will mention a couple of things because they're coming out. Um, you might have seen it on our Facebook page. Um, Ernie Grunfeld's son, Dan, and Steve probably remembers this. He was our yep. college athlete of the year when he was at Stanford. Stanford yes. And he played uh, professionally in Israel and Europe. He's actually writing a book uh, that's coming out. I believe it's in November. And it's about his dad, his grandparents being Holocaust survivors coming to this country and how Ernie made it. And again, remember, Ernie was you know, part of that Burton Ernie show, um, Bernie. Know, Bernie. <laughs> I'm in good shape, you know, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Sesame Street, and it's, uh, you know, when he was at Tennessee with, uh, what's his face? Bernard King. King. Yeah, thank you. So then please, he's a big guy. I don't want him squashing me. So, uh, but he's writing a book about Bernie, uh, excuse me, write a book about his dad, um, Robert Dover, who's an interesting character a couple of years back when we did something about Olympi- Jewish Olympians is, and this is, this is his saying it, not me, but he was an Olympic caliber equestrian. And, hi Rabbi, and, uh, and uh, he's gay and he's, his book is coming out over the summer, his experience as being a Jewish gay equestrian. So there's a couple of books there. I mentioned also about the Sid Luckman book, very interesting. Uh, very well done. Um, I didn't know the history with his dad and organized crime. But uh, just reading about Sid Luckman and his accomplishments. um, Our master of ceremonies for all induction ceremonies and the voice on our Jewish sports legends video is the former voice of the radio voice of the Islanders, Barry Landers. And Barry's always had mentioned I wasn't able to go with him but Sid Luckman wasn't up to it health wise when we gave him, uh, when we inducted him and Barry went, he was doing a hockey game at the time to Florida where Sid lived and he presented the award to him. And he said, it was really one of the uh, great honors in his life of meeting this guy. And he said, he was really very laid back, very humble. Um, you wouldn't realize what he was to professional football. And he gave him what may have been the highest high I ever saw and on the back of it said, to a to a friend of Sid. And I got really upset and I contacted, as I said, I had been in touch with Sid's son, Bob. And I said, gee, you know, Barry goes down to Florida and gets a tie. And what do I get? And shortly thereafter, I got the second ugliest tie ever seen. I got a tie, a friend of Sid. So I have that to go along with my pastrami tie that I wear whenever we do one of our talks on uh, delis. But, uh, my wife won't let me wear that tie in public, but Sid Luckman really <laughs> was one of the big names. And as I said, that that's a current book. I think, Mark, I think there's a hand raised.
0: Yeah, Fred's been uh,
6: dying that's to right out, yeah,
0: when you, yeah, when
1: you mentioned Sid Luckman, him and I, we, well, men, I graduated many years later, both from Erasmus Hall, where the, where the athletic field of Erasmus yep. is named after him, Sid Luckman Field. And he, he was very, you know, they had, they had plaques for him all over the school, you know, When I was there, the football team wasn't great, but he was really great in high school before he went on to Columbia. And also, there's a lot of Jews who are in front offices of like sports, like baseball teams Like come to mind, Chaim Bloom of the Red Sox, John Daniels of Texas. uh, John Daniels has
6: has been very nice. Yeah, John Daniels has been very nice over the years. Um, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. I believe there's a gentleman with Toronto. Some of these guys are really very good when they see what I, we're I th- trying I think to you're do. Thinking of
1: Mark... Are you thinking of Mark
6: Shapiro? Yeah. Mark Shapiro, no. um, was it Shapiro or Shapiro? Know, yes. yeah. I I Shapiro. Uh, um, but some of these guys are very helpful, particularly when I tell them that we're an educational organization, that we're not for profit, and they'll really try and help us. Um, one of the uh, early days when we were doing this was um, Dick Steinberg was the general manager for the Jets. Yeah. And he opened up a lot of doors for me, uh, for us, because people looked at it. And I'm, and I'm not trying to be funny, but again, like when I dealt with Margaret Lambert, um, and I learned this between Margaret and Marv Alpert, they were having people contact them all the time. Again, remember, this is the 80s, so things are probably different now. It's probably spam emails that they would get, but they would be like, you know, Mr. Albert or Ms. Lambert, we wanna write your autobiography or we wanna interview you for a film, which is what I was doing. And then they would say, it will only cost you X amount of dollars. And when this happened with Margaret, I laughed. Normally I wouldn't do that. I wasn't trying to disrespect her by any stretch of the imagination, but I said, this is costing the Suffolk Y money. We rented a crew, a camera crew for two days, and it was, I believe it was in the neighborhood of almost $10,000 when everything was done that the hall of fame had to pay the Y back. They fronted the money for us, which we did. And, um, but I understood where they were coming from where Marv uh, Albert had said the same type of thing. Somebody had contacted him about doing his life story and it's gonna cost whatever, whatever. And I'm like, uh-uh. we wanna tell your story at your convenience. And if you can attend the induction ceremony, that would be great. I mean, Marv Albert actually had a nick game that day, and he was trying to work out something. We didn't have the technology where he could accept the speech from the garden, do an acceptance from the garden, and have it piped into us. That's how much he believed in what we were doing. The same thing with Margaret. Margaret contacted her nephew, unbeknownst to me. The nephew may not know you may not know the name per se, but as I said, Margaret's name, Margaret Lambert, was Gretel Bergman. Her nephew was Andrew Bergman. Andrew Bergman was one of the writers of Blazing Saddles. And I, I believe he won an Academy Award also. He went on to direct and produce. So she contacts him to find out, is this Friedman guy kosher? And I, I don't know how, but at those days he said, yeah, he's okay. He works for the Suffolk Y. So we were able to interview her and she you know, let her guard down and let us in, so to speak. And we were able to interview her in her backyard in, in Jamaica Estates. But I understand with a lot of these people that you know, they say, well, you know, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. And I told them, no, you're doing us the favor. That's why. And again, people like Harry Danny may not recognize the name, but this guy was an all-star catcher and he caught for Carl Hubble. Okay. You're talking one of the all-time great hall of fame pitcher. I have a picture in my basement of, of Luke Harry, uh crossing home plate in front of Harry Danning in the world series, but the nicest man, And there's a short film about him. I think it was like 15, 20 minutes called The Last Giant, because at that time he was the oldest living giant, New York giant, at least. He paid his own expense to come from Valparaiso, Indiana to the induction ceremony. And I don't know, Steve, if you remember this one, he's sitting in the front row and Bill Mazur, the amazing is up on stage (laughs) looking down on him. Nice, sweet man, bigger than I thought he would be. And he's like, Harry, the horse standing little pause. I hated you growing up. And I'm like, oh, this is not a good thing. And then he goes, I was a Dodger fan and you played for the hated giants. And I'm like, okay, I can live with that. But again, we really appreciated his being there. And I had had correspondence with him until his passing, but it was really, it was great because part of what we tried to do and it's still there and I'm hoping we would be able to do it. It's like, if you go up to Cooperstown and they have the um, kiosks where you could call up a player. And of course I always call up the first two I call up are Koufax and Greenberg um, and you get a bio about them. And there may be some footage where they're being interviewed or whatever. And that's what I would like to have for the people that we've honored over the years because we film filmed them. And we have the footage of them, and not, you know, it's usually more than what you might see that I use in the clip because they're going on and on, sort of like me right now. (laughs) But um, it's history. And I tell people, particularly the non sports fans, I tell them it's Jewish history, Jewish heritage in a way you wouldn't think of. People will say, Jews in sports, what do we need that for? And I tell them the bottom line is, Perhaps we can knock down some of the barriers and break some of these stereotypes. And everybody has jokes about religious groups and ethnic groups. Where you want to say, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but whatever it happens to be, Italian war heroes, Jewish athletes, Polish scientists, we all have made the jokes. We've all heard the jokes. And after a while, you know, my executive I always said, well, you know, there's a lot of truth in in the humor. And what are people really saying? And I asked people to stop and think, and I said, look at this. Here was a guy, Jay Fiedler, who was told by the coach at Hofstra at the time, give it up, Jay, you're never going to make it. And Jay wasn't listening to him. He wasn't listening to these other talking heads. And he stuck with it, and he made it as a Miami Dolphin. Do you think I was thrilled? You know, that, as I said before, was my team. You know, Art Chamsky, a member of uh, the 69 Miracle Mets, um, right now, for those baseball fans, and, and perhaps you see him, he, he's on Facebook. I don't think Ron knows how to do it, but Lenny Kosberg helps him. Um, he has a book, very interesting read, about his relationship with Thurman Munson, because he's trying to get Thurman Munson into the into Cooperstown. And let me just tell you a quick story here. I digress. It talks about um, ties in when we honored Ken Holtzman. And Ken Holtzman and um, Art Shamsky were friends growing up, I believe, in the St. Louis area. And Ken Holtzman, at the time we inducted him, was working with the St. Louis JCC. I believe it was uh, Chesterfield, Missouri. I don't know the area. But working with their Maccabi baseball team. Again, he was trying to give back not only to kids, but to Jewish kids. And at that time, uh, Catfish Hunter had just recently passed away. I was not a Yankee fan. I've never been, but I was a a Catfish Hunter fan. I thought he was a class guy, of course, being a great pitcher. And we were talking about him. And I said, you know, um, I'm always trying to get some info, gossip, whatever you want to say. I said, I heard Thurman Munson was anti-Semitic. And Ken Holtzman turned to me and he's like, no, Thurman Munson was not. Thurman Munson, and this is what Ron says in the book which all these years later backed it up almost to a T where he goes, Thurman was very leery of strangers. He didn't trust the media. He didn't trust people. He didn't know, but once he knew you, he would do anything for you. He would give you the shirt off his back. And um, what really surprised me, what Ken Holtzman told me was um, there was somebody on the team. I don't really want to say who it was, Uh, He's a well-known player, and he said something anti-Semitic to Holtzman. And Reggie Jackson, of all the people I never would have thought, Reggie Jackson, this is what Kenny Holtzman told me, had to be restrained. He's like, not only do you not ever talk, you know, once he come down, but he was very upset, very angry, almost was ready to kill this person from what Holtzman said. He's like, you don't talk about anybody like that, let alone one of your teammates, and if you ever do that again, you'll have to answer to me. And I had a totally different outlook on Reggie Jackson at that point when I heard that. Um, but if you're interested, if you like baseball, particularly if you're a Yankee fan, uh, but Ron Bloomberg this is his second book, the designated Hebrew. He does talk about his experiences being a Jewish ball player, but it's really nice to read the stuff about Thurman Monson. Um, I always felt he was the guy who didn't get his due and maybe something will come of this. Uh, again, not a Yankee fan per se, but I, I appreciated him and, and the quality of a uh, uh, player and person he was. And I, I felt because of what happened, how his life ended, you know, whatever. Carlton Fisk might have been whatever. And, Carl, and Thurman Munson got forgotten. Let me just, I have one other Yankee baseball story. And then I, I will you know, defer to you guys. Years ago, when we were trying to do some stuff physically with our Hall of Fame, We went out to the Yogi Berra Museum at Montclair uh, State University, at least that's what they were called at the time. I'm not sure if the name is the same. Part of that was not only to see what they did, because the man who fabricated the exhibits there had been the fabricator at Cooperstown. But they also were under the auspices of the university and, and the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame is under the auspices of the Suffolk Y., so we were meeting with the president of the board, really good, as well as I knew their exec at the time. Um, so we're getting the tour. We're getting a lot of very helpful information. And at the end, actually, Yogi showed up and I got to meet Yogi Berra. And um, about two or three weeks later, I go back with the chairman of our committee. And we're in, at that time at least, the beautiful um, um auditorium they had there, which was made to look like Yankee Stadium. I mean, it was just a really great facility. And it was a hop, skip, and a jump from the GW Bridge. And I guess this is where it comes true when you talk about the yogiism. So we're on one side, the chairman of the committee and myself are on one side of the stadium auditorium. And Yogi comes in on the other side. And I guess I have a face he couldn't forget or whatever. And he waves, he said, hey, the Jewish guys are back. <laughs> So, whatever. That's my yogi story. Um, do we have any? Oh, I see a question. Mark.
0: Okay. Uh, before you go to those people, I just want to bring three point, three quick points up, then I'll go to these other people here. And I appreciate you giving us this time, Alan. Sure. Uh, you, you brought up John Daniels. Uh, John Daniels' parents are members of our temple. And cool.
5: Uh, Yeah. Cool. Um,
0: Mark and Mindy Daniels. And... Um, Art Heyman is he on your list as heavy? As yes, he?
6: we inducted oh, yeah. him. He was one of our first inductees that first year, yeah. um, and it's really great because we have him on the video where he talks about this was more important to me than when I was honored by my alma mater Duke because this is blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, the nice. good thing that we did the year that we inducted him, we did not induct Larry Brown uh, because the two of them didn't get along too well. Yeah. Okay, yes, but uh-huh. we got Art. Yeah, he's gone. You know, he's he's passed. Yes. And one more thing. There's
0: a, there's a fella, oh, it says Mark's iPhone. <laughs> Glickman, do you hear me? <laughs> he doesn't hear me. But he he's big in the 1950 Dodge, Brooklyn Dodgers. Are there any, uh, besides Koufax, are there any other uh, Jews from the Brooklyn Dodgers? Sid Gordon. Sid Gordon.
6: Inducted Sid. Yeah. Um, Cal, Cal Abrams. Abrams. Technically, yeah. Um. Cal Abrams. I get Hitler. I, um, I, I, I would get every once in a while. Cal Abrams. I don't know if she's still alive, but she was his uh, widow. Why haven't we inducted Cal? Um, I guess both Sherry's didn't they? Did they play for uh, Brooklyn? Did Dallas, Los Angeles.
0: I think they first- played for Los Angeles. I don't think they played was, Brooklyn.
6: No, they didn't play Brooklyn. Don't okay.
0: Think so. okay. No. Joe, yes, Joe Ginsburg ever played for the Dodgers? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. The original uh, baseball
6: man. list in front
0: of- All right. Who else has a question? We're we'll looking at the time here. Okay, Milton.
6: Yeah, you know, just um growing up, um, there was a ball player that I used to admire, Lou Boudreaux. And his yes. mother was Jewish, both grandparents were Jewish, and I know he celebrated Passover. Correct. Lou but to the best Boudreaux, of my knowledge, um, he was raised, uh, whatever I heard the story I got was raised by the other parent and wasn't um really jewish i get into fights with ira burkow over that but all my mavens on the subject tell me the same thing that lou boudreau, lou boudreau is not jewish okay yes the same like you said yes if you go by parentage but we're 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 not doing that so right
0: he did the same for, for his Guy parents. Carreau didn't mother. finish
6: the conversion process
0: <laughs> who else has a question uh michael
2: Oh yeah. Hi there. Great, great. No Michael Clayman. Okay. Two Michaels. I have to leave and I have a bar mitzvah lesson in about two minutes. Let Clayman go. Rabbi Klayman. Hi. Alan, it's good to see you. Thank you Rabbi. Clayman from Lake Success. Uh, I recognize you. Yes. Appreciate all of the work that you've done. I I was most impressed with all of these athletes that are so so known to us. Last year, um, online you did that uh, you honored Sir, I think it's Sir Ben Helfgott was yes. from England. That actually made more of an impression on me than almost all the others because I knew nothing about him. And his history was so remarkable. I, can you just for like for a couple of minutes, just
6: mention him because he wouldn't be no, in- Thank you for bringing him up. Um, I don't even remember how it happened. But I came across his story. And thank you, Rabbi, because this really is an important person to include. And he survived a number of concentration camps, lost both parents, um, was separated from his sister. Luckily, they were able to get back together and both of them are still alive. And he was brought to England. And there's a there's a great movie, uh, Hope glory. The name. Lost Boys. Hope and Glory. And um, Ben became a, he's a very, he's a small man became an Olympic caliber lifter he was on the, the uh, England weightlifting team I believe at two Olympics and never forgot where he came from and created a couple of organizations to help Holocaust survivors and and continue Holocaust education in Great Britain and of course throughout the world and again seeing his story it clicked with me that it was like we have to recognize this man it doesn't matter to me He's, he's, he's English, he's Polish and English. It's just that story is remarkable. He's alive and well, his wife is alive and well. And we brought up our Lifetime Achievement Award to to honor Sir Ben. The only thing he couldn't do was speak. When I spoke to his wife, Arza, she's like, Ben just doesn't speak in public now, but it, was, it really was a wonderful day. Um, It was a, um, we had some of the top people from uh, the British program, the Holocaust Education Trust, um, and everybody loves Sir Ben. And I think he doesn't like it though. I'm always calling him Sir Ben. It's like, please call me Ben. Um, I just can't because of the respect that this man deserves and has earned. But you look at him and he just turned 90, um, but you know, God bless him. There's some great clips of him working out still, of course the weights are a lot less, but I could say the same with what I'm doing and I'm a lot younger than Sir Ben. Uh, but Rabbi Klaiman, thank you for mentioning him and, and um, you can find, look him up on YouTube. There's a couple of great stories, they're, they're not very long, uh, some great clips and, and you can really see about him. Uh, there's a very good book. Uh, I don't have it here, it's downstairs, uh, but it's fairly short and it really, I couldn't put the story down. I gave it to a couple of people at the temple uh, so they said the same thing, just really a very interesting read. And if you don't want to do the read, check out the movie, but check them out on YouTube. YouTube. The last name is Healthgott, Helfgott, H-E-L-F-G-O-T-T. Um, just an amazing man, an amazing story. And, and to me, it's also like Margaret, um, you have somebody that could really be extremely bitter with what happened to him, what happened to his family. I think he would tell you he doesn't know how he made it through all those camps Uh, And the fact that he was able to find his sister years later and they were reunited. She is still alive, as I said. Um, But just he is not a um, an individual who doesn't want to talk about it, who doesn't want to uh, tell people the story. And it's definitely a story that has to be told. It needs to be told. I'm very thrilled and honored. You know, his wife was very nice to me and said, when you come to England and I said, I haven't even left my house. But yeah, I would love to be able to meet them. I don't think they're coming to the United States anytime soon. But my wife and I have talked about going over to England. And if we do, I I have to look this man up. But it's a really nice story, a a good story with a happy ending. And he's been recognized all throughout England. As I said, the fact that he was knighted just a few years ago, a little little bundle of energy. And God bless him. And Thank you, Rabbi, for, for bringing his story up. But again, these are the things when people say sports. Um, and he would tell you, Sir Ben would tell you how he used weightlifting and how it helped him throughout his life because of, of the condition he was in um, going through the camps for all those years and, and, and turning himself into this strong individual. Didn't make him taller. Didn't make him stronger. So hey, Michael,
0: Michael
3: F. Yeah, uh, hi, yeah. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, are you affiliated with the uh, the Comac Hall of Fame that I don't think it's around anymore? Because, like, <laughs> work?
6: I was the person who started it. And when yeah. I left, basically, um, you know, I'm like, I've reached out to them. And that's why I'm hoping maybe at some point but they have other issues, which I won't get into here. Uh, but like you said, yes, nothing has happened with the Hall of Fame, I think, since 2014. So you were there. You were there when Bloomberg was one of the guests. They had a panel uh, <laughs> discussion. Yeah, I was, yep. I was in prison for
3: that. And the other question, you know, it's off the top of my head. Uh, in these this era of diversification, have you ever reached out or considered to reach out uh, to uh, the black ball players who converted to Judaism? And off the top of my head, I'm thinking of uh, Rod Carew and Elliot Maddox. Oh. And he, uh, you're right, you're right. We I'm have Elliot.
6: Yeah, we inducted Elliot Maddox. Rod Carew didn't finish the conversion. Yeah, he didn't finish. Andre Tippett. Rod Rod Carew. um, But anybody that has converted to Judaism, we would certainly induct. And as Steve said, Elliot Maddox was the year we inducted. I think that was the year we inducted um, Ron. And we had Andre Tippett, too. Right. Andre Tippett converted the great football player, the uh, New England Patriot Hall of Famer, how about, how, how about uh, Mario Stonemaier? I tried bridge. to get a hold of him and just ah. have not been able to reach him. Again, it's a little more difficult, but um, I actually, I don't remember, if it was his assistant this year, so we're working on him. Um, but yeah, we, Gary Wood converted to Judaism. Gary Wood used to come down and play basketball, pick a ball at Suffolk with Shep, Shep Messing. Gary Wood died very young. Um, but he converted to Judaism. Great career at Cornell, was a backup quarterback for the Giants, converted to Judaism. Of course, you know, we consider somebody who converted to Judaism. We're not considering somebody like Corey Pavin, the golfer who converted out. That's different. okay? But, you know, somebody converted 100 percent. So if there's somebody we're missing, um, certainly Mark knows how to get a hold of me. You can email me. Uh, always looking to consider people. Um, You know, Andre Tippett is a black belt in karate. I got to tell you, for those of you that ever saw, and I'm not trying to sound racist, I'm really not. But if you ever saw the movie uh, Animal House where they're in that club and the guys come over and he says, would you dance with me? When I put my hand in Andre Tippett's hand like that woman did for that scene, that's what I felt like. This guy, (laughs) he had very big hands. He He had Kawhi Leonard hands. And my hand in his was just like, you gotta be kidding me. But this wow. is a man who is very involved still with the Patriots, he's in the front office. Um, and as I said, I don't know what level of degree, but I hooked him up with Marilyn Fierro, who's a ninth degree black belt, uh, used to teach karate for us at the Y. She's one of our inductees and she and he became very good friends, but she's a ninth degree black belt. I just don't remember what level Andre is. Hmm. But,
0: alan take one more i think gerald wants to say something yeah. let me close up shop you
3: got it wanted to mention a, a couple names alan um and we all know about them moberg and yeah, particularly and particularly theo epstein who's a great executive and many met fans are hoping that he joins the mets and performs the same magic he did with the red sox and cubs
6: Uh, We honored Mo, and by the way, that's a very good movie that came out about two years ago about Mo. If you haven't seen, I recommend it. Um, Theo Epstein, I'm working on um, short, and this is a little bit of history. Do you guys know um, his grandfather and the uncle, the story there? Nothing to do with baseball. These are Academy Award winning um, screenwriters. They wrote uh, Casablanca. His father- His father, Leslie, used to teach creative writing at BU. So I'm working through the dad to get to Theo because that's the problem with the current guys. And of course it's baseball season. So he's somebody I would really, we would really want to get because of what he's done for two various organizations. Yeah, he's the real deal. He's a young guy. I think based on what his dad has told me he's behind what we're trying to do. So yes, I agree a hundred percent. Mo we got. Um, Last piece about Mo, Uh, all days we used to try and get things if we didn't have anything on the subject. So like when we inducted Max Zaslavsky, he was part of our first class. The Basketball Hall of Fame had a Chicago Stags jersey of of his and it's very interesting because I didn't know the jersey actually had buttons that went up through the crotch. So you buttoned so your jersey couldn't pop out. I guess they wouldn't let you wear it back in those days. Okay, that was fine. We had the jersey. So I'm contacting the Baseball Hall of Fame and I said, do you have anything of Moe's? I'm thinking, yeah, maybe we got his catcher's mask, glove, uniform would be great. Something now, of course, they have all the spice stuff they have in exhibit. What does the guy tell me they have? Ah, we got Moe's cup. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want his cup. You know, I'm an athletic supporter, but I'm not going that far. So anyway, uh, I thank you guys so much for inviting me. It's been my pleasure and honor. Thank you. Um, thank you, Ellen.
2: Thank, thank,
6: you, thank, you. thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan.
2: Oh, thank thank you Mark, you for Alan. inviting me. You
0: did a great job. We thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll be in touch. Thank and you,
6: Mark. Thank you for inviting me. Okay.
0: Take care, Pleasure. Alan. Be good. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. So uh, we're going to close up shop because we're almost at that time. I hope you guys enjoyed.
2: It was very good. Nice
0: presentation. <laughs> Alan wanted to give us only uh first we decided on I spoke to him about a half hour and he gave us well over an hour. <laughs> Alan,
2: Alan he, he does a wonderful for, for children for Hebrew schools or he, he really does a wonderful program. And um, so I, you know, I've known him, you know, for years, uh, does a very good job for, 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 for a dimension of sports and Jews that no one else, uh, no one else does. So thank you for uh for bringing him on, right, we're well, okay. working on we're working on Ron Bloomberg, by the way. So we're still uh, not for this group, but for the a variety of synagogues, Mark. So oh,
0: we are okay. I thought it was a dead issue with what the responses. Stephen, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm still
2: affiliated with
3: the uh, Suffolk Y. So if anyone wants to come in uh, and see the Hall of Fame, even though, like Alan said, we haven't done anything in like about four years, but the plaques are there for everybody. So. If anyone wants to come in, I'm there every Tuesday at uh, like eleven o'clock because I I do a Zoom class out of the library. So but, where is we- uh, out of the white at the Comac White?
2: We we brought a Hebrew school there once too, so it was a you know it was a good experience.
3: Yeah, so I mean, if anyone ever wants to come in, Tuesdays is a good time. I'm there usually from about ten to twelve, but if you contact me through Mark or something, I could show you around and get you in. It's free. It's free. <laughs>
4: that's that's hard. Hard. Very interesting.
3: Comac y. and where is the comac why on uh, i guess know? it's hop hog road it's uh yeah. hop, i think it's 74 yeah. hop hog road Definitely. i was on the committee with alan for like 20 years
2: right and he's
3: he's a great guy he got screwed by the Y, but that's a yeah. different story
2: it's not far off the uh the high of the lie it's very close like right
3: i think it's exit 52 so, yeah, I think. yeah
2: yeah yeah one day
3: on that okay yeah.
2: Okay. okay, guys.
0: Uh, I I hope you appreciate everything we did today. It was a great show. Yeah, uh, you guys were a great audience. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess we'll get back to the um, the usual stuffs uh, uh, next week. All right, guys. So uh, I'll bid you all f- farewell and. Uh,
4: good job, Mark. See you great, guys, good see you job, guys Mark. Guys,
0: next yeah, week. Right. Out there. Stay Super safe and, out. and have a great week. Be good.
5: Thank you.
0: Mark, thank Thank you. Nice seeing everybody. Thank
5: you, Mark. Take care. care. Bye-bye. Take care.